So, by, by this time on, on Tuesday, we'll be in what we call recovery mode, right? Uh, you've kind of opened up all the gifts. You have more boxes than you know what to do with. And, and in fact, uh, you'll, you'll greatly, uh, you'll, you'll begin transitioning to, toward 2018, Right? Uh, you'll actually next by this time next week you'll be considering showing up, uh, saying okay well I don't know I showed up last week and I was really kind for Jesus's birthday so uh, maybe I'll stay stay in this morning and play with my new toys because as we know toys are only new so long and and by this time next week we will gather together and we'll we'll have uh, the same kind of conversations you know it's always. Oh, how was Christmas? And then you'll say, good. Oh, good, good, good. Yours? Oh, it's good, good, good. Okay, yeah. Wait, did y'all travel? Oh, well, we, yeah, blah, 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 blah. You? Oh, yeah, we, we, blah, 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 blah. Then there will be this awkward silence because you're like, I don't know what to say right now. And then you'll say, uh, so what are y'all doing for New Year's? And, and just like that, we transition from Christmas to New Year's and from New Year's Day to a new year and 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 just like that christmas is is over and what we do is we catalog it in our hearts and in our minds as another christmas that that we had and either we celebrated or we survived one of those two uh, maybe a little bit of both there's no telling and and what we're trying to do here really last week and this week is is press against a very hectic pace that we tend to travel in over these weeks. That, that, that each year we, we make room for a lot of things, all sorts of things under our Christmas trees that we, we call our lives. We, we make room for all sorts of, of, we make time for our family, time for our friends, we we make room in our houses for our toys and our packages of socks that some of us desperately need and hoping that Grandma loves us enough to get us this year. Um, Nancy, that's to you. I'm out of socks. Uh, but, but the question that's been on my heart lately is, okay, I make a lot of room for things in my life, but... Am I making room under my tree for Jesus to be there? Does my heart stir? Does, does our heart stir when we consider the beauty that Christ has come? That Emmanuel, that God is literally with us. Do we, do we celebrate that? Or are we praying over these couple days to see God's great movement in Jesus put on display? Are we praying that God in this time would rebuild relationships and restore wounds and, and heal conflicts that we have with our friends and our family? And let's just be honest, you all got those moments. Are, are we praying that we would see the gospel of Jesus at work over these next few days as we interact with each other and others. 
Do I have room under my tree for the greatest gift ever, Jesus? In fact, how, how we're approaching this conundrum this year is by making two points really obvious to us so we would avoid confusion is that as we talk about Christmas, we can all agree, uh, we could all write down definitions, and each definition could have its own uh, meaning to us, depending on how we experience the season. But what we've tried to do uh, last week, and this week especially, is we've tried to boil it down to two obvious points. That Christmas is such a big deal to the believer and to the church for two reasons. That number one, we needed a Savior. And then number two... That God loved us enough to send us Jesus. That's it. That, that is why we have such great cause for celebration. Everything else on top of that, all the time with the family, all the gifts that we give and we receive, uh, all that just pales in this comparison that, that we needed a Savior and God loves us so much that He would send Jesus. And so what we're going to do, what I thought would be good to do this morning... It's take my very favorite Christmas carol, uh, Frosty the Snowman, and talk to you. No, I'm just joking. Uh, the one we just sang. My, my very favorite Christmas. In fact, it's really, uh, I told Chris, if we don't sing that song, I'm not coming back ever again. And, and he doesn't know if I'm being legit or not. Uh, but, but it's my very favorite song because I believe it puts... Jesus on display in such a beautiful way. It paints our picture and it proclaims the goodness of Christ. And, and to help us kind of set the scene for the verses that we just sang, I thought we would go, I would just read to you Luke chapter 2. In fact, it says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. You know Quirinius, right? Crazy Quirinius. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph, right? We, we talked about Joseph's experience the other day, last week, uh, when the angel of the Lord comes in and says, Hey, don't worry about your uh, fiancé who's pregnant. It's cool. It's the Holy Spirit. And he's like, Oh, all right. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was the house and the lineage of David, which is fulfilling this beautiful promise that God makes through the, the line of David. He says, there will be a king forever in the line of David. And Jesus is the king that, who is the king eternal. So he takes him to, to Bethlehem because uh, he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, his fiancée, who was with child. We said, again, that was a bit of an issue. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them at the Holiday Inn. Um, get it? Holiday Inn. It's the holiday. No, never mind. Um, and in the same region, verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, I love this, fear not. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For who? All the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. For unto you born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Out of God's desire to restore us from the effects of our sin, He has sent Jesus to rescue us. And so let us not be confused as to why we get to celebrate over these next couple days. Let us not choose lesser idols and smaller gods. Let us not evaluate the joy of this season based on how we feel, but rather let us press in and let us celebrate that we needed a Savior, and God loved us so much. And so we arrive in this song, O Holy Night. O Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Holy, holy simply means set apart. And boy, is this night not set apart, right? Is this night not unique in the in the fabric of our time because it marked the day when Emmanuel, we just sang those words, right? Emmanuel, God literally with us, that he comes down. Jesus was in fact born at night as we've just read. And this is the night of new beginnings and new opportunities and new moments of freedom. It says, long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and then the soul felt its worth. Okay, now, now I, I get, my suspicion is that you haven't used the word pining lately. Uh, that, that's not a common fact. It sounds silly in our vernacular and, and, and I suppose... Uh, it's silly to us, maybe because it it invokes a phrase of such raw neediness. And we don't want to be needy, do we? We don't want to admit our needs. We don't want to feel our needs. In fact, you can joke about pining uh, for coffee in the morning, right? If I don't have it, I am just going to literally crawl up in a bowl and die, right? Our kids can be pining for our time and our affections or really just what our time and our affections could bring them, right? But this word, when placed in this setting, is, it's powerful. Long lay the world in sin and in error pining. It, it paints such a, a serious and a tragic 
picture of our condition, literally wallowing in our need. Long lay the world in our sin and in our error. We are pining. We are just in utter neediness until he appeared. And then the soul felt its worth. And I think there are two things that happened. When Christ appears in our hearts, I think two things happen. That immediately we are undone. That we feel our worth compared to His majesty. And we say, there, nope. Too good. He's too magnificent. Then the second thing creeps in and it's beautiful. Because it comes with His invitation. Because He says, you're, you're not worthless. You are needy, but you are not worthless. I am bringing you and restoring you. My arrival has brought you into worth and purpose and has given you value. We got a glimpse of our worth. And God shows up and smiles on our lives with His infinite kindness so full of, of everything we don't have. <laughs> and that's why we celebrate. Because He gave us and continues to give us that worth and that value. What, what more incredible gift could a soul possibly pine for? Right? Genesis 3 paints why we are pining. Because our, our, our brokenness becomes exposed in Jesus and and John 3 helps us understand God's movement and helping us understand our worth in his eyes and so the song continues a thrill of hope a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn and there's this there's this line in in Paul's teachings in Romans chapter 8 when he says this he says that all of creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the Son of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of Him who subjected it in hope, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory, which mainly says this, sin puts everything and everyone in bondage. But God, out of His great love, has sent us hope in Christ. Now think about this. Think about what we just sung. That, that the sun arose that morning and it saw the Savior of the world in the flesh. For the first time. It's a new and it's a glorious morn. But even today, we know that a glorious dawn is on its way because Christ has promised His return. And so, so, so the author of the song gets to this point and he just says, what do you do about that, right? Long lay the world in sin and error pining till He appeared and then all of a sudden we feel our worth. And, and then he says, he says, the thrill of hope, right? Jesus brings hope and a weary world rejoices for yonder breaks and we have this new and we have this glorious Glorious morning. And the response is simply this. 
the hardest part to sing in the song, right? Fall on your knees. Hear the angels' voices. O night divine. O night when Christ was born. O night divine. O night, O night, O night divine. And it takes us back to Luke chapter 2. Where I think there's this line that gets overlooked all the time because the one before it was so powerful and so beautiful. Right? The angel comes in and says, I got good news for you guys. Born this day in the city of David, a, a savior, he's born. That's huge. But then this happens. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and, and lying in a manger. And then this happens. And suddenly, and suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Like these shepherds, they get to see this. They get to see this happen and unfold. Like, like they're just watching sheep, which is a very boring job. Not that I've ever done it, but I just assume boring. And this angel appears, and all of a sudden there's a host of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. Jesus is our peace. It's one of the greatest things he gives us. As he's leaving to, to go to, on his crucifixion, uh, to the crucifixion, he looks at his disciples before and he says, listen, I, I'm, I'm, when I leave you, I'm leaving you peace. But he says, I'm not giving it to you the way the world gives it to you. I, I give this to you in a way of bringing you through the most troubling seasons and circumstances of your lives. I am your peace. So it says, fall on your knees, hear the angels' voices. This is always the most proper response to Jesus in every circumstance of our lives, that, that we celebrate this constant, that He is always worthy of our best praise. And let that indictment ring over us just for a moment. And let us ponder in our hearts, have we, are we, bringing Him our best praise? Not just today, but with our lives. And not just on December 24th and 25th, but it, every moment of every day. Then you get to verse three. We won't we won't walk through it as much. But I think the opening line is the opening two lines are important, incredibly important for us. That truly he taught us to love one another. Truly he did. It says his his law is love and his gospel is peace. And and Jesus taught us. That, that the world would see Him and how we love one another. And how we carry love and how we are ambassadors of love. And it says this, chains 
ye shall break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name, in his name, all oppression shall cease. I love it. I love it. All oppression. You are free. Jesus says that, that I've come and I've set you free. And, and when you are set free by me, you are free indeed. No oppression will rest over you. No power can overtake you. And this is why, and hear me when I say this, this is why Christmas is so important to the church and to the believer because it centers our hearts around the one who is worthy of praise and celebration. And if we think it's about something else, we are very misguided. That every other thing we choose to celebrate and praise pales in comparison to Christ. And now here's the thing. There's some really good things out there, isn't there? Really good things. Like, like this. It's a good thing. Your family is a good thing. I want to remind you that today. As just Uncle Steve is sitting in the corner and you just want to drop kick him, your family is a good thing. I don't, I don't have an Uncle Steve. Um, I have a brother, Brad, but he beat me up. So, Here's what, here's what I know. This will be, I think, the last thing I'll say. We'll find out. Christmas is coming, and just like that, it'll be gone. <laughs> and it will seem to have come faster for some of us, but it didn't. It's the same number of seconds that we had last week. The exact same. Time doesn't uh, expand or shrink based on the Christmas holiday. Okay, It doesn't work that way. You have just as many seconds to celebrate Christ tomorrow as you will the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day. And my desires, regardless of how your days play out, whether you get that gift you're really hoping for, the gift you've been laying the groundwork for months on, right? Or if You've chosen this holiday season to forgive a wound that you received because you've been forgiven in Christ, not because they deserve it, not because they've earned it. That you just say, hey, I forgive you because I've been forgiven such a great debt in Christ. Regardless if your confession to someone for your sinful action to them or the wound that you've given them, whether it gets received or not, my prayer is this, that you would understand two dynamically important things in your life. That you need a Savior. And God loves you enough to send you one in Christ. That's what we celebrate. Please stand with me. Let us pray. Father, we come to you. And we thank you so very much that we are not lost in our own mess in the muck. 
but that you've redeemed us, you've restored us, you've delivered us, that, that your Son changes everything. And I pray we would make so much of him today. But more than that, I pray we would just make much of him with our lives. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.